0: You know it's not like hope is not a strategy right <laughs> right i'm not gonna sit here and know a bunch of people and hope they're gonna give me leads right um so how how do i get that to work and so what what i've developed is a way of thinking about the people that i who do i want to know and um and how do you segregate them because you're gonna have At least in my mind, you have one set of people that are, you know, useful for some things and other sets, others that are useful for other things. And you just kind of have to um, understand how that that works. And then how much do you interact with each group to generate the um, the opportunities that you want to get?
1: Welcome to the Referral Bench Podcast, a weekly podcast for business owners and salespeople growing their business with networking and referrals. I'm Ian Campbell, CEO of Mission Suite.
2: And I'm Phil Pelto, CEO of Firestorm. If you're working on growing your network, we have another great episode coming your way today. So grab your beverage of choice and let's get to this week's interview. This podcast is brought to you by Firestorm. Firestorm is a business to business networking organization that organizes events and meetings for business owners and professionals where they can meet, build relationships, and share referrals. Learn more at myfirestorm.com. And this podcast is brought to you by Mission Suite, offering small
1: business owners, salespeople, and sales teams the contact management and sales automation software they need to grow their business at a cost that they can afford. Learn more about Mission Suite at www.themissionsuite.com.
2: All right, welcome to another episode of the Referral Bench Podcast. We are super pumped to have Dan Smink in the hot seat today, joining us uh, via Zoom. Um So here's, uh, let me introduce Dan properly here. So um, after finishing his uh, MBA in Georgetown University, Dan went to Colorado. Um, He founded C1 Partners after seeing the great need for small businesses for digital marketing support. He has led strategy and marketing efforts for large healthcare providers like Centura and multinational medical device companies such as Kvidian, McKesson, and Thermo Fisher. In his most recent client-side role, Dan led Covidian's global market strategy effort for its abdominal surgery market. He found ways to expand the business from 200 million to $1 billion. Um, His client-side experience constitutes significant work for all kinds of companies, from those with less than 1 million to those with greater than $40 billion in revenue. For all these companies, he has led uh, efforts to resolve his clients' problematic business situations uh, and return them to a state of growth. Dan is also active in, in his community. He has been appointed by two separate Denver mayors to help the uh, lead the board of directors of local nonprofit organizations. Um, as chairman of the Mental Health Center of Denver, a healthcare services company, Dan's leadership and guidance helped grow the organization from 25 million to 50 million in less than three years. Impressive work, man. Thanks. Good mm-hmm. for you. Thanks for joining us.
0: Flying squirrel finds a nut. So.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I think uh, that seemed like a little bit more than, you know, uh, accidental nut finding there. So (laughs) (laughs) nice work.
0: We've got 25 million.
2: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Well, it's great to have you on. Thanks for, uh, thanks for joining us.
0: It's great to be with you guys. You know, I miss you guys. I haven't seen much of you in person in the last nine months, which is, is, uh, I will say you're two of my more favorite people that I get to meet or see here around Denver. So, So, hopefully, we can see each other again soon. Vaccine, vaccine say they say it's got 90% effectiveness today, right? So, yeah, 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 yeah. that was
2: the Pfizer one. And then there was another one that came out with like 80% or something. So, did they say that? Yeah, Yeah. I hadn't heard that. That's great. So, So, Good, good, good news for, uh, beer drinking and cigar yeah. smoking everywhere. <laughs> that's it. That's it. Um, so the, uh, the idea with this podcast is we're talking about referrals and relationship building and, you know, strategic partnerships and all that fun stuff. So, um, you know, uh, tell us a little bit about that as it relates to your business. So you, you founded, a uh, you know, um, digital marketing agency and I, I apologize if that's, you know, too overly broad, you, you can slap my hand on that one. <laughs> But uh, you know, tell us a little bit more about your business and how some of those concepts play into how you've mm-hmm. taken it from zero to where you're at now.
0: Yeah. So, um, so I started it. I started the company nine years ago, and um, uh, at the time, I had uh, I was building. Um, really, I built it from ground zero. I mean, I literally started it in my basement. Um, I had a friend who's helping me in the first year, and then he wasn't able to maintain that level of time investment, so. We parted ways and, um, I kept going. And then I had a business partner who, um, uh, he was handling sales and marketing and I was handling ops and overhead and just general management stuff. And, uh, you know, uh, a few years down the road, it just wasn't working out. You know, we got kind of sideways. So we parted ways. I bought him out. Um, and I had to take over sales and marketing and I had never sold before. And I was, I mean, at the time, I would tell you, I thought it was beneath me. I can be honest now that I've done it for several years and be like, I was just afraid. <laughs> I really was. I was yeah. just, a, I was afraid. I didn't know what it meant. I didn't know how to tackle it. Um, and, but if, you know, I remember looking myself in the mirror one day and I was like, I, I don't know if you guys have these conversations with yourself often, but I, I do on occasion, especially in moments of stress. <laughs> but um, you know, I was I was just sitting there thinking, like you've gotten this far, which is great, but like it's not where you want to get it to. And if you want to get it to where you really think you can go, you're gonna have to, you know, swallow some pride and go back to square one and learn how to be a salesperson, which was a really daunting thing to do at the time, um, and because uh, it was kind of like leaping off. Into the darkness, yeah, and, yeah, you know, not really knowing what was there. Luckily, I had a person on my team um, who could take over operations for me, so I could really focus on sales. So, so we did. He took that over, and um, I started down the path of figuring out sales. And I had figured out other things before. It wasn't like it was my first rodeo for you know being an entrepreneur and having to figure out something new, as you guys both have experienced, I'm sure, on many occasions. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but it was—it's probably been the most complex thing I've done, easily the easily the most mm-hmm. complex, hardest thing I've had to learn and figure out on my own. Um, so, uh, so I, you know, I was just reading voraciously online, getting books, and a um, uh, few months in um, I was realizing like, Oh, sorry. And I should back up. So we used to generate a lot of leads through our website. We used to rank number one for, for, um, terms that uh, generate a lot of leads like Denver SEO and SEO Denver and things mm-hmm. like that. And we, and back then, uh, and so we used to get a lot of traffic to our website. Um, and, but back then you could actually, um, uh, severely damage somebody's organic search by doing what's called a negative SEO campaign, basically creating these spammy links that come into the website. And then the site drops in rankings that happened to us twice. And it's a significant investment to get yourself to rank an organic search. And so, you know, we were like, Oh, geez, we do well. And then our competitors basically slam us. Um, and, uh, you can't figure out who it is. Um, but so we were like, well, that's not really working That's kind of it has been a lost investment twice. So, um, so I'm sitting here going, well, you know, what we would normally do isn't really, you know, sustainable, um, and it's expensive. Uh, and we weren't seeing the kind of leads we wanted, what else can I do? And I came across some things that said, um, that uh, referral generation is an effective way to grow your business and you need to network. Well, at the time, my network uh, was uh, a remnant of my work in medical device. Mm-hmm. And so, like, so my joke was, um, so I knew doctors and you know, researchers and medical healthcare people all around the globe. And so my joke was, if you needed a, um, a good abdominal surgeon in Amsterdam, I, I was your guy. I could, I could make that introduction for you like that. If you need an attorney in Denver, I had nothing for you, right? So, you know, it's kind of like politics or local, sales is kind of local to your market, right? And so your network might work in one space, but it doesn't necessarily work in another one. So I needed to develop a new network. Um, and so I joined some networking groups, Firestorm being one of them, that's how I got to know you guys. Um, created my own, and I built a network of people um, uh, through that, you know, that now numbers in the hundreds, um, of people who serve small business, consult a small business, are small business people, um, across the Denver Metro area, front range. And, um, and from that, I've been able to generate a steady stream of new client introductions and grow my business. And so that along with being trained in, um, in sales through Sandler Sales Training, which Phil, if I recall correctly, you are a trainer. You were a trainer. I was, yes. In Sandler, so you've worked at yes. Sandler. So yes. the the um, the referral lead generation methodology that I developed, along with the sales training that I had, I've tripled the business since I exited my partnership.
2: Nice. That's awesome, man. Yeah, that's pretty significant. So
0: yeah, so it's been you know it's been successful, and um, and I will say the other part about it, it's made sales a lot of fun. Yeah. yeah. You know, I mean, right. I, I was, I was not kidding when I said, I got, you know, you're two of my favorite people to hang out with. I, I, right. I love hanging out with you guys and I don't get to see you guys as much anymore, but like, it's one of my favorite things about doing this is it's, I have, um, as I describe it to people, I have a new tribe that I have developed around Denver from all the people that I've networked with. And I have, um, you know, it's just, it's just fun going to, to business events now because, I, I'm not, I mean, okay, I'll, I'll get work done there, but I get to see all these people who I really enjoy and catch up with them, you know, see if there's a way I can help them. You know, they're usually, most of them are happy to see me, maybe not all of them, (laughs) but, uh, but, you know, I have this group of friends I didn't have before, which I find
2: really nice. Yeah. no, it's so much easier to do business with those, you know, people right. that you know you have a relationship with that you mm-hmm. like and you you like hanging out with because, um, you know, I I always say you know cold calling is punishment for not networking and I love that line
0: by the way I think <laughs> yeah. that's such a great great line
2: yeah it's and it, you know it's not. I can do it. I cut my teeth Uh, cold calling when I was in high school. But uh it's so much more fun when you can go out and you know hang out with the the people that are sending you business and you know develop these relationships and and it's just much more enjoyable, like you said.
1: absolutely.
0: I was
2: gonna say, I mean, I've done cold calling and um Yeah, you
0: get you get the numbers, it's just it's not an enjoyable way to go about getting the numbers, right? No.
2: So you were gonna say Ian?
1: No, you know, and it's, so what I find interesting is, is your perspective as someone who, you know, like you say, I mean, selling was beneath you, right. I mean, for, for a while and, you know, then you kind of uh, realize that, okay, no, it's just something that I got to get done. And I I don't want
0: to, let me back up for one second. I don't want that to come across some way. It wasn't beneath me. No, no, no. I know. Yeah, Right. Right. And right. And I will say I have come to come to truly respect good salespeople as craftsmen. Mm -hmm. It is the hardest function I've ever dealt with in business. And the people who do it well are true craftsmen.
1: Right. And I guess what I, what my, the, the point that I was, the kind of the point that I was making was that, you know, there's a lot of people out there that I think share that kind of same experience, right? Mm-hmm. Whether they can't, they were in the operations role or they were in the, um, in the support role or they're, you know, they're, and they're just in a position now where all of a sudden, wait, I got to sell now. Right. And it's a whole different kind of a, it's a whole different process, whole different mind shift. And it is something that a lot of people look at and be like, no, 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 that's what they do. That's I run the business. I run the operations. I do. I handle everything else once it's all done, you know, but like you say, you know, when you actually get down to it, the reality of it is that you it's just something that's outside of your comfort zone. You have to get used to it again, right? Or you have to get used yeah. to it in the first place. And so I guess, you know, what I'm what I'm curious about from your perspective is when did you kind of realize when did this shift come that it went from no no no, that's something that everybody else does to and obviously, you know, like you got to you you were pretty clear about when it was now I have to, this is just something that I have to do. I have to figure out, but when did the shift come that it, that it became kind of like, okay, no, this is actually something that can be enjoyable and actually can be engaging because of the way that I'm making it happen.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, I would say that it was probably three to six months into my sales training.
1: Okay. Uh, so training.
0: Yes. And um, it wasn't initially, like, at first, it felt manipulative to me. Mm. Sandler did. Um, and again, that is part of getting comfortable with selling. Um, the, uh, the reason I went with Sandler was a, a, on a few different levels. Um, one, my goal was to expand the company across multiple... Um, uh, geographic locations across the United States. And as a small business, um, I wasn't going to be able to do sales training effectively across all these places, unless I had a platform that was present in all of those places. And Sandler is a franchise. So you open up a an office in Kansas City and you want to you know bring on a salesperson there. Um, great, you hire them. I don't have to fly them to Denver to train them. Sandler can do it remotely and they'll have an office there that you can engage with to to train that person on the sales methodology. Um, So uh, that was one part about why I went with them. The other part about it was, as I got to understand Sandler, um, I came to realize that the way I had sold before had been solely on enthusiasm and just desire. Like I gotta make this number. I'm just gonna work my ass off, and I had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> um, and uh, and so you know I would commit to people because maybe they liked me, right? Maybe they saw my enthusiasm and they're like, well, I'll give them a shot, see if it works, right? Um, it wasn't any sort of rationale. Um, Sandler. And I think any good sales process, and so I don't think this is necessarily specific to Sandler. You guys may think, Phil, you may think differently, but I'm, you, you've been, you know, close to many different sales methodologies. So I, yeah. I would, I'd be curious what your thought is. But my belief is that a good sales methodology that is customer focused um, takes the customer's interests and makes them the priority, right? but it gives you an understanding of where you are in that conversation, that sales process with the customer. And then it also gives you an understanding of where you are in your overall sales funnel in terms of like, you know, how much lead generation do I have to do? How much, um, you know, if I'm going to take these, How many of these are going to go from what we call suspects to discovery? How many of these people are going to go from discovery to proposal, right? Like, and what are, and if it doesn't make that jump, why didn't it make that jump? It enables you to go backwards and look at it and see why things failed. And so you have presence within the funnel, and then you also have presence within each individual client or prospect that you're talking to, and you're doing it in a way that is, you're delivering something that's going to meet their needs. And if it isn't going to meet their needs, then you're not, that's why I call them craftsmen. They're not going to. A good salesperson mm-hmm. is not going to try and sell something to somebody that doesn't need it, and so um, you're addressing their needs in a way that is a you know a great fit for that prospect. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, you know, it was it was three to six months in when I came to realize like, oh, I had this sort of comfort level, and I now know where I'm sitting, or I now know what's I now I'm I'm present within the sales process, and um, and it became something that you know that's when I became much more convinced about how to do what I was doing. Does that make And sense? at
1: that, at that point, were you mostly selling through referrals or were you selling through other methods primarily and still had yet to get to, to the, to the, to developing a referral network?
0: Um, I would say I was starting to develop the refer, I was beginning to develop the referral network and I, I would say that my my understanding of the referral network then, in the beginning of my, I knew I had to do it that way because the lead gen that we were getting, one, it had gone down, and two, the other part was that the clients that we were, excuse me, the clients we were targeting were larger, probably by two to three x larger than what we were getting through our web platforms. Mm -hmm. So even if I got a prospect, they were rarely a good fit for us. So I had to find leads from other places, and I I came to realize, I believe. Prospects come from three places. Marketing is one. Referral generation, and that is through a network or through your clients or past clients, is the second. And the third is prospecting, which is cold calling, LinkedIn outreach, cold email outreach, right? Mm -hmm. So those three places. So marketing wasn't working. So we had to develop it from the other places. And I didn't have a prospecting engine. So guess where my leads were going to come from? Referral Mm -hmm. generation. So if I got to get pretty much everything from referral generation at that point, how was I going to do it? Right. How do I, if I, and I don't have a tribe, remember I, I can get you a, I can get you a surgeon in Amsterdam, but I cannot, I don't know anybody in Denver. Right. You
1: need a good abdominal surgeon in Amsterdam from time to time. Yeah. You
0: know, everybody's got what they need sometimes. Right. 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 Yeah. <laughs> Got
2: you covered, man. So, um, first off, I like that you delineated between referrals and networking, and also prospecting, because that's something I talk about a lot. You know, I think mm-hmm. a lot of people conflate the two, and they they say they're out networking when really what they're doing is prospecting, and um, and they don't understand the difference between the two, and that they're both very important parts of building your business. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Thank you for calling that out as two separate things. Um, yeah, let me. Can
0: I back up one second?
2: Yeah. So I believe um, that, and it's something that we've, you know, it's taken time to develop
0: for us. But I really believe that um, you want all three of those because from one time to another, you know, the the stream of prospects that are coming out of any one of those sources is going to go up or down, mm-hmm. right? And if you want predictable, scalable prospect generation, you should have mechanisms in all three of those. Yeah. And that will help you through, you know, leads can go down through referrals. They can go down through marketing. They can go down through prospecting. You just, you know, it's not, it's not like, it's not like you just turn on the faucet and it comes on at a certain rate. Right. Um, you know, and so by having all three, you, um, you really kind of even out the, um, the variation in each of those systems.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I'm a hundred percent in agreement with that. And what I, I wanted to dig dig into that a little bit more, um, and it's interesting you use the faucet analogy because um, there's actually a Harvey McKay book called "Dig Your Well Before You're Thirsty," and it talks about you know cultivating those relationships and making sure that you have them to a level where you know you can go to the well, um, you know when you when you need to, um, mm-hmm. and you're not you're not doing it. Totally. Um, but I wanted to ask you, you know, obviously the sales aspect in the sales training um, portion that you talked about, you know, that Sandler is a system, you know, it's, it's a framework and a structure for you to have a common language with throughout your organization and to mm-hmm. understand where you're at in the process. Um, yeah. What have you done? Because I think you, you've done a good job of this. What have you done to put that similar system and framework in place with your networking and relationship building Things. yeah
0: good great question um because uh to me you know it's not like hope is not a strategy right <laughs> right i'm not gonna sit here and know a bunch of people and hope they're gonna give me leads right um so how how do i get that to work and so what what I've developed is a way of thinking about the people that I, who do I want to know and um, and how do you segregate them? Because you're going to have, at least in my mind, you have one set of people that are, you know, useful for some things and other sets, others that are useful for other things. And you just kind of have to um, understand how that, that works. And then how much do you interact with each group to generate the, um, the opportunities that you want to get?
1: Mm-hmm. So this is an interesting point, because one of the things that we do talk about a lot is building systems for referrals, right? And that's, we've talked about it in any number of the other episodes that we have uh, that we've done here on the podcast. And what I find interesting is that, you know, with Dan specifically, he was talking about the fact that he takes his different groups of people that he knows and kind of segments them into different buckets, right? So he knows people that can help him find clients, people that that can help him find other resources, or, you know, maybe be his, uh, 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 another asset to his clients, things like that. And, you know, it's something that people don't necessarily talk enough about is that, you know, not only finding your ideal client profile, but also figuring out, you know, know, what you want from them
2: and what you can actually and and what you can give back to them as well. Yeah, I think that's a it's a great point. And, you know, it's I I think we do this with friends, you know, you have different groups of friends, you know, you've got friends that you go rock climbing with or hiking or camping with, and you got your friends that are, don't want anything to do with the outdoors and they just want to go hang out and, you know, lay on a beach or, or, you know, go to the movies or play video games or something like that. And so, you know, you've got these different um, aspects of your life that you need fulfillment. In. And I think building relationships with different people that can um, provide different benefits for you and your business is no different than that. So yeah, this is a, that's a great point and something you need to build some strategy around. Rude to generate
0: the um, the opportunities that you want to get. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so the way I look at it is uh, uh, I have two groups of people that I consider to be my network. Um, one are my power partners and the other are my referral partners. And my power partners, and you guys probably have similar names. I don't know if these are the same names or not. But um, my power partners are people that I say are in what I, they're what I call my, it's what I call my functional value chain. If that makes any sense, it's like, it's, I've just conflated like two jargony business terms into one, but like, <laughs> um, if your function is like sales, marketing, finance, HR, whatever, right? Um, my functional, my functional area is sales marketing right? I want to talk to people who are in sales and marketing. I don't get to why in a second. And then I look at them as uh, I'm in a value chain, meaning there are some people that are upstream for me that are more strategic. Mm-hmm. And there are people downstream for me that are more tactical. Ours tends to sit kind of in, we just kind of sit in the middle. Like if I was a strategy consultant, I'd be at the upper end of that value chain, right? If I was just a freelance web developer, I'd be at the bottom end of that, or I'd be at the other end of that value chain, at the bottom. On the same level. Yep.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's, I decide so not up and down. Yeah. It's <laughs> just all
0: whole my web developers. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so um uh but so that's your functional value chain. And those are your power partners because and the reason they are your power partners is because they are closer to the same problem you're solving for the client. They are also. I'm solving a revenue generation issue, right? Everything that I'm doing for the client doesn't have to do with cost reduction. Doesn't have to do with making their employees happier. Doesn't have to do with you know some other um, area of uh, of a business that um, you know it has to do. We deal with revenue growth and trying to hit that revenue goal or exceeding whatever the revenue goals are. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to talk to people who are already doing that because they are very aware if their client or somebody in their network is having that problem and I can, fill, and I can help fit, fill, solve that problem, right? Um, and they've already talked to the client about solving that issue. So they've already convinced the client that they need to solve it and the, the client trusts them. So if they're going to introduce somebody who can further help solve that problem, it's going to ease the sales cycle. So I want a lot of people in my functional value chain, right? Upstream and downstream from me.
1: I was just going to ask about that, actually, because, you know, I mean, from your perspective, so you talk about like the web developer and the marketing strategist, right? So, you know, you've got the outsourced CRO. Right, mm-hmm. the the outsourced VP of marketing, whatever, yeah. who's you know who's going to who's gonna to to relatively often find t- find opportunities to bring you in, right? And then you've got the web developer on the other side of that chain who once they get to the web dev once they once he gets the uh, the client or she gets the client, then it's probably not as you know th- then they're probably past your kind of link in that chain, right?
0: I mean, do you Great Great look question. at that? No, no, no. Could, well, one, so let's just take a web developer, right? Um, they could have an ongoing relationship. They might've built the site for them two, three years ago, right? And they're just talking to the clients, they're doing some upgrades or updates or something like that. And the client's like, yeah, we're missing our number. A web guy's like, oh, I know somebody. I'll help, you, I'll help you fix that, okay? Another situation could be, and this happens with me a lot, Somebody comes in and they're like, because we do web development too, but um, they're like, I need a web developer or uh, I need SEO. And I'm like, I talked to them and I realized, hmm, you have no idea who your target customer is. You don't have a marketing strategy. Um, I, I, we are having a premature conversation at this point. And you really need to talk to somebody who is a strategist, who's going to help you figure out that marketing plan, help you define who that customer is. How are you going to message them? Right. And so I'll go and introduce somebody to one of my strategists, you know, colleagues, um, one of my, you know, business coaches who can help them figure out whatever it is that they need before they get to me. Right. I mean, talk about how to make friends, right? Like sure, I, yeah, right. <laughs> I go give them business, right? Well, what do they do when it when they're done with what, they what they're doing? They just hand it right back to me. Right. Right. Um and um, and they also hand me other business as well. So I do a lot of upstream referral because the client needs it, and because it also it's you know it's one of those things like it comes back tenfold. I do somebody. I also believe and this is a philosophical thing that when you're approaching referral generation and networking, it's a give to get ethos. Mm-hmm. If you go into this thinking about what am I going to get out of this, it's not going to work. But if you go into this thinking, how can I help these guys, right? How can I help this person? Then you, you know, you get paid back many times over for doing, for doing those things. So I I love the opportunity to upstream referral. And I look for people who are downstream from me who have that same attitude, frankly. You know, I'm going to refer to a guy who, or a woman who is a web developer, PR person, you know, content person, social media, you know, um, consultant, somebody who's, you know, we might implement with, I'm going to refer to them more if I know they're going to send me stuff when when something comes to them than if for somebody who doesn't think that way. So, so for, oh, sorry, go ahead.
1: But, I was just going to ask for people that are maybe new to this, right, that are, that haven't, you know, because I mean, I know that this is something that the three of us, uh, the mindset, the three of us share, right. right. That, that, you know, that we, we're looking for a give to get situation, but for, uh, but for people that are new to this, that, that maybe don't really get the concept of give to get right. And just say, well, I mean, how much do I have to give before I can finally start to expect to get, and how do I identify those people that have that kind of a mindset? Cause if I'm looking for those people into, to, as the ones to put in my network, then I got to be able to identify them. How do I, how do I identify the people that have that mindset so that I'm focusing my time correctly?
0: Well, I, you know, I personally feel like actions speak louder than words. Um, you go into a relationship and, um, you're not going to know right away. They could say all the right things. You're never, you're not going to know. It's sure. going to take some time. Um, and that is also another part about this, uh, about referral generation that, um, I didn't realize, you know, what it was going to take. Um, but, um, you know, like paid search, like if you want to run paid ads, I can get you ads in less than 30 days, right? Referral generation is going to take time. It's going to pay off much better in the long run in terms of the relationships you have, all the other things that come along with it. Uh, but it's not going to generate stuff right away. When I meet somebody for the first time, um, my first conversation, I just want to know about them. Right. I don't want to even know about their business. I just want to know about them. Tell me about like, do I like this person? Can I see myself having beers with this person? You know, could I see myself watching a ball game with this person? Could I see myself, you know, doing, you know, some act, play tennis, go for a bike, you know, something that we both like to do, you know. Um, could I see that? Um, and if I can't, eh, I'm really not that interested in the next conversation, right? Then I want to know about their business, right? Are they good at what they do? Have they been through a business cycle? Do they notice, like, when you know shit and fan become one? Um, do they have a network? Um, do they have a client base that you know would fit with you know who I want to talk to? Right? There's all these things I want to know about their business because I want to be able to refer to them. And if I don't, if I can't trust, because they are an extension, when they become a part of my network, they become an extension of my brand. Mm-hmm. And if I refer a client to somebody and that referral craters on them, that comes right back on me, right? And now I am lowered in the eye of my client or my network partner who I have sent to that person, right? So it's really important that I like this person, I trust this person, and they're good at what they do. So they've gotta have some experience and they've gotta have a network that they can share with me, Mm -hmm. right? So, there's a bunch of stuff that you got to kind of check out and feel out. So, I usually talk to people two or three times before I start making any introductions or ask them for anything uh, from them. Um, so, uh, I, does that answer the question?
1: Yeah, I think so. I think so. I mean, not for nothing, but it sounds like you go through a one on one version of the Firestorm presentation schedule.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. Oh, who <laughs> was one of my teachers? I'll be honest. <laughs> no. When I, so when I started doing this, I had formed a couple groups, um, or I'd been invited to a couple, I'd been invited to a couple groups, I'd, so I was in a couple informal networking groups, and then I started my own, and then I met Phil, and I was like, holy smokes, Phil has figured this thing out and figured out how to make it into a business, and I was like, God, that's brilliant. I mean, it was one of my favorite ideas, and so I, you know, I was in Firestorm, and um, I learned some great things from Firestorm, you know? And um, I think a lot of it was because Firestorm aligned with with me and the way I look at things. Mm. But then you know, Phil had thought this thing through. He's been a salesperson since he was like
2: 17 years oh. old. Right, well, 16. 16. I was
1: gonna say I think younger than that actually. <laughs>
2: Officially 16, but yeah. if you really want to talk, yeah. like third grade probably. So. Yeah, I'm sure there
0: was like I'm sure you were pitching your mom on some idea. Yeah. yeah, actually,
2: actually what it was, uh, and you know, some people know this, but, uh, I, uh, I sold fireworks on the, like, what playground. was the pain
0: point with your mom? That's what I want to know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh yeah.
2: Oh yeah. My first ride in a cop car was in fourth grade uh, <laughs> <laughs> for selling fireworks. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: that's awesome. oh, anyway, man, that's
2: um, great. Oh shoot! I got down a rabbit hole, and I had a question yeah. I was going to ask you. Oh, oh, it was actually it was a comment. Um, I uh, I'm going to steal a Mr. Miyagi quote, and it, he said, uh, "When the when the student is ready, the teacher will reveal himself." So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> appreciate. Well, I will say,
0: like you know, I I learned so much from from Firestorm. I mean, um, and I honestly use. Sorry, that's my dog. Um, <laughs> I use a lot of those those ideas. You know, in things that I do, as well as in other networking groups I'm in, you know, so like yeah. uh, referral generation and stuff like that, and things to listen for. So you are right. asking a question about um, uh, when the when the student is ready, the teacher yeah, over oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, um,
2: yeah. It's uh, no, I'm glad. I'm glad that uh, you know you you've uh, taken some some nuggets out of uh, you know what what you you know got out of Firestorm and are mm-hmm. carrying it on uh, in other. Yeah places. So um what are what are some of the things you do to nurture those partnerships that you have with, you know, all your all the people in the in the, you know, value chain.
0: Yeah. So um I have a uh, a little tracker that I use mm-hmm. on a daily basis it sits on my screen. Um and um I'll actually share with you guys so you can see it, but um, So this is my lead tracker and it tracks meetings that I have with people. And it basically looks at um, if I had a meeting with somebody, sorry, wrong one. (laughs) That's my lead tracker. It's not my meeting tracker. I want to show you a different one. Um, In it, I have intros given, intros received. So like I'll meet with somebody and am I giving an introduction and are they giving an introduction to me? And I track that. Does that make sense? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so it's very intentional. Like, I mean, I am going into a conversation with somebody and I'm like, who can I introduce you to? Like, what are you trying to do? And I actively think that way before I ask them for something. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. But then I also come to them um, with, I've gone and looked at their network on LinkedIn and filtered it to the ones that fit our target market profile. And I will present them with a list of people that, you know, ostensibly would be a good introduction for us. Now that person has to tell me if they think they would be a good person or not, but, um, you know, I come to them, I try and do the work for them to make it easier.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Because, you know, people are like, Hey, you got any leads? And I'm always like, I have no idea who your freaking customer is.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Right. No, we talk about that a lot. It's, uh, you know, you got to take all the objections off the table, make it as easy as possible for somebody to say yes, to help you out. Mm -hmm. And Yeah. yeah. yeah such yep. a huge deal. Absolutely. Yeah. So Absolutely. it's, you
0: know, it's, it's, um it's, it's somewhat, it's flavor intensive, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also something where you do that kind of stuff up front and it makes it easier on the person. I mean, the other thing I do is that, uh, and this is a Sandler tool, is an introduction script that I give them to make the introduction for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, um, you know, they just literally just send a script out. And I have a reply that I use and um, I use the same thing to introduce them. It makes the introduction so easy, right? And um, you know, it's a, a, it is a numbers game as we all well know, right? I mean, it's just sales. And so it takes the person, I I used to get personally offended if somebody didn't want to talk to me, (laughs) right? (laughs) When I first, before I did Sandler, I used to get so like t- tied into it and now I'm like, yeah, I get it. Like you're not, It's not the right time. Right. Yeah. Or, you know, you're not the right person. Like, yeah.
1: yeah. That stuff goes away after, uh, after enough, uh, after enough times when you hear, <laughs> no, I don't want to talk to me like, okay, well, you know, yeah,
0: yeah you get to that and,
1: point for sure.
0: But like the way I look at it is, um, in a, uh, in a given month, I want 10 legitimate prospects. hmm right well to get 10 legitimate prospects I need 20 introductions because about half of them will actually want to talk to me half of them want to talk to me and of those you know a certain you know subset of them will be sure. good will be good prospects The more I'm doing the sort of definition of who the the introduction should be the better it is that you know that the prospect is a good fit like if I rely on the the partner, the networking partner, to, to decide what the introduction would be. A lot of times they give me people that are too small mm. for us. So that's why I like to do the the filtering ahead of time. I mean mm-hmm. I'm not going to say no if they come up with somebody else that's not on my list, but um, but this way, I've already done a pretty good job of saying anybody that they're gonna introduce me to is going to be the right size client for me. They're not gonna be too big, they're not gonna be too right. small. Right. So so I do that. If I get so 20 introductions usually gets me 10 prospects. And of the 10 prospects, I will close somewhere between 10 to 20% of them mm-hmm. in a given month because there'll be enough of a need. There'll be urgent enough. There'll be a good fit. You know, I'll demonstrate that, you know, what their problem is and how we can solve it. And then, you know, then uh, it's then just just a numbers game. So yeah. 20 turns to 10, you know, turns to um, six, turns to four, turns to two is usually what our sort of conversion rate sure. looks like. yeah.
1: Um, well, very so, nice.
0: Yeah. So then, so I, so I was going to say, so if I want to have 20 introductions, well, if I'm going to get two or three, and I ask for two to three introductions from the people that I meet with, then I got to have six to 10, seven to 10 conversations a month, networking conversations yeah. a month.
1: Yeah. Excellent. Pretty really straightforward. Yeah.
0: Right. No.
1: Right. How intentional are you with the... um I completely you know what I completely lost my train of thought on the on the question that I was at that I was gonna ask you. Um so you know,
0: parenthood does that. That's yeah, a normal <laughs> it's a normal side effect of becoming a father.
1: Yeah, <laughs> right, right. Good to know. Good to know. That in the combo uh, with uh, turning
0: forty. You have no excuses. Yeah, I know, right, uh, exactly.
1: Yeah.
0: I'll tell you, you have no excuses. <laughs> I <Right>. have <laughs> um, a kid, you have all the excuses in the world. Yeah, yeah
2: right. <laughs> uh so well, I was uh Try and help you, out. Know, we what you're going to say, you know, with, with the, um, introductions, you know, spe- asking for specific introductions and mm-hmm. the quality level of those referrals, yeah. kind of where you're going with that.
1: I, I think so. Yeah. So, you know, as far as, uh, I, I mean, honestly, I don't know anymore. <laughs> uh, I've completely forgotten that question, but, uh, but I guess, you know, uh, to that point, you know, when you're looking at these, uh, you know, are you, First of all, I you know, you and I have had this conversation before, but you're using tools to help to figure out who to ask to be introduced to, correct?
0: Mm-hmm. Correct. So you you're sales on navigator. Right, you're on sales, I mean, sales navigator.
1: Do you are you using any other tool any other kind of data sources to kind of compile data for you know, any other information or is that ju- is that your one tool?
0: Uh it is a podcast so they cannot see me shaking my head no. <laughs> uh, that is my that is my main tool that I use. Like we've used um some other tools to create lists, but I don't do this kind of outreach with those tools. Um, okay. Yeah. You know, for the referral generation, I want to know who their network is. And then I want to be able to um uh narrow it to ones that are the ideal fit for us. Mm-hmm. Um what I was gonna the other thing I was gonna say was let's say I do this seven to ten you know, conversations a month. So, you know, one to two a week, one to two to three a week. Um, That gets me to the baseline. And I've done a decent job of my building my network so that I've got these power partners that are in that functional value chain I was talking about. But then Mm -hmm. I've also got this whole constellation of referral partners that are like attorneys, um, accountants, commercial real estate brokers, um, just you name it. I mean, all sorts of people that serve small, medium-sized businesses um, in and around the Denver metro area. And I've made referrals to them when my clients or people that I know need their help. They also make referrals to me. And I will meet with them occasionally as well. Um, not as often as I meet with the people that are closer to me and the functional value chain idea. But, um, but what's happening now is I get my baseline but then i also get other introductions as well so theoretically i should hit my number even if i don't get an introduction but i also get other introductions as well so it just makes life a lot easier yeah you know because you're Mm -hmm. now you're taking care of people and you feel very you know like you're not feeling pressured like i gotta go i gotta go get another lead right Mm -hmm. um your your system is ringing them out for you and you've got a steady dose of them coming and then other people will send you introductions as well and you can be, um, you know, uh, you can look at them responsibly and say, is this a good fit for me or not? Right. And if it isn't, then you can refer them to somebody else that can help them.
1: Yeah. Excellent. Well, I know we're nearing the top of the hour and, uh, you know, we want to be respectful of your time here. We appreciate you being with us today for sure.
2: Um, two last, two last things. Mm I want one one bit of a referral. What's that? Yeah, yeah exactly.
1: <laughs> Who else would, would you <laughs> recommend to be on our podcast?
2: <laughs> That'll come later after. Yeah, the show. Yeah, right. uh, so, um, no, what, what's a, what's one bit of advice that you would give to our listeners um, that uh, maybe there's, maybe they're just starting out. Maybe they're uh, you know, building a system right now and, you know, figuring out how to do this whole, you know, networking and referral thing. Mm-hmm. Um, what's uh, a bit of advice that you would give to them as to how to, you know, expedite the process or make it as uh, efficient and effective as possible.
0: So um, I would I would think about who are the people that um, are in whatever that functional value chain is for you. So who are the people that are upstream from you from a strategy to do the strategy for your function or the downstream ones that do the execution. Mm-hmm. To identify those and think broadly about that. Don't be narrow, you know, Cause I have people that you might not think are, you know, in my functional value chain, but really are, you know, like financial strategists are in our functional value chain because yeah. we can help them hit a number. Right. Um, so um, so the, it would be that, that gives you a really good idea of the people you want to talk to a lot. Yeah. And those are the ones I would want to start building my network with, with, you know, not that real estate brokers and I can't find common ground or, you know, ways to share, Networks, it's just less, much less successful for both of us. So, um, so I would, those guys are people that are not that closely related to you are a lower priority. Find those ones that are closely related to and make them a priority of building out a network where you have, I would say, three to five of each of them. Mm-hmm. Right. So let's say there's six to ten roles in a that you think are sort of related to what you do go find three to five people for each of those six to 10 roles and then meet with those people every two or three months. Yeah. Right. Um, the second would be to um, join a group like a firestorm or strategic connections is another one. Um, I'm in another group called accelerant. Um, these networking groups that are, that are not lead gen focused. They are, Pay it forward focused will be just, you know, just a wonderful way to jumpstart, um, a, uh, uh, an effort like this. It will, it will give you, you know, a quick start with a lot of people. So those would be my two sort of pieces of advice.
2: Cool. Thanks. And then, all right, last thing, where can people find you if they want to reach out? Or So c1-partners.com.
0: Uh, I'm on LinkedIn, but c1-partners.com. Um, our phone number is 303-501-1821, or you can email me at dan.smink at c1-partners.com. Sweet. Awesome. Yeah. thanks, man.
1: Beautiful. Well, Dan, thank you so much for being on the podcast today.
0: Yeah. Pleasure as always, guys. Good luck with everything. I hope to see you again soon in person. Right. Yes. Absolutely. So. <laughs> Here's Alrighty.
1: hoping.
2: All right, man. All right, thanks, Dan. See y'all. Bye. That was another awesome episode of the Referral Bench podcast. Thank you so much for joining us, tuning in and sticking around till the end. We really appreciate it. And we appreciate you sharing it with all your friends as well.
1: Absolutely. And while you're at it, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on Apple, Spotify, whatever platform you're using. And don't forget to rate and review the podcast as well. That definitely helps us
2: with our ratings and with our rankings and whatnot, and uh, helps us get in front of more people. We're dropping fresh episodes every Thursday morning. So tune in every week and we look forward to hearing you next time. And we'll see you next week.
1: Cheers.